Richards Bowie Versus Tillian Is this year when I'm glowy Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy Or a villain It's time for Bowie versus Dillian. All right, everybody. Welcome to Bowie versus Dylan. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I almost I'm missed it. <laughs> you almost, always, almost miss it. It's no, I funny. don't. I do not. I do not. Hey, You're, Jake. Yeah. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And that really is your only cue when I say, welcome to Bowie versus Dylan. <laughs> See, you at least have a little heads up when me say my line before you say your line. You know, that is true. It does help me a lot because you I know, would... I haven't, you know, get out of my bag. I haven't, it's quarantine time. Yeah. I haven't spoken to anyone but my wife and three kids Oof. for what feels like months, but it actually is only a couple days. It's been a couple days, but what a couple earlier, days. Earlier, earlier today, I talked to a couple of people. Did you? But anyway. Were they imaginary friends or real? Well, one of them was you, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, Jake. You tell me. Whoa, that blows my mind. <laughs> If I told you your mother, that, so this is getting even weirder. If I told you that I wasn't your imaginary friend, would that make it more believable? Probably not. <laughs> Less believable as believable. As believable as anything in hey, the world. Hey, whoa! Hey, hey, why don't you uh oh wait, I'm we supposed to be doing this stuff. Episode with a tangent. It was a tangent. I know. I know. Can it really be considered a tangent when we haven't actually started yet? Uh, By definition, no. I don't think it's a tangent. No, because it would have been the thing we were talking about. Yeah. So okay, so well, let's talk about what we're talking about. How about we? Let's, uh, how about let's we go, go on, on a tangent in which we actually do the show? Yeah, let's go on a tangent away from not doing the show <laughs> into doing the show. This is Bowie versus Dylan. The year we're doing today is 1968. Woo, hippie power, man! Hey. Yeah. So, I believe, Chaz, we're just going to get down to brass tacks like we always do. No fooling around. Rails. No messing around. No joking. No tangents. Never. You go. Tell us what uh, David Jones was doing hey, in Bowie. 1968. Bowie in 68, Jake. Oh, I'm sorry. Please. I wish. He released, released an album by then. Hey. At least The so 68 is a quiet year. It's a very quiet yeah, year. Yeah, I hear that, man. But that doesn't mean he wasn't doing tons and tons of stuff. So the background is he had uh, just released his first album in 1967. Okay. It came out the same day as a little album called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I've never heard of which, that. What is that? Which tanked while his did amazing. <laughs> oh, wait. Let me check my notes. It's the other way around. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Uh, so, it, yeah. He released his first album in the second half of 67. It, it's a solid, decent album. Like, got some good reviews, but it really didn't go anywhere. He released a bunch of singles. I think it was four, three or four singles in 67. None of them went anywhere. Uh, he went into 68 like having no clue what to do next. Like, yeah. just having no clue. Um, I'm he, hoping not too much of this sounds repetitive because I was going through this and some of this is, it's some of my, some, some anecdotes that come up in different places throughout the, the length of the show. But, you know, this is like a, uh, one of those recap episodes on sitcoms or, you know, on, on where they just like spend the whole not in sitcoms, in dramas, you know, it was an episode where they have like a bunch of recap stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like to remind you what happened, you like, know, previously on. Oh, yeah. But we, this is still, this is what this is. Yeah. Right here. Could you do a recap so, for all other 50 episodes now? Yeah, well, just to, sure. That'll just be, to get us to this we'll point. Do, we'll do 50 more episodes, uh, be recapping the first 50. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so, 
previously on Bowie versus Dylan. <laughs> Bowie has no clue what he's doing, and he's trying everything, just mm. like everything in entertainment that he can come up with. Mm-hmm. He's trying. Uh, this I don't know why I put this first because it's nothing to do with what I was just talking about. But he got into Buddhism in 1968. Hey, why not? Off of my <laughs> stuff. I don't know why I led with that. Did he have? We're did going he, with it. Did he have like a wheel that he made at home with like a bunch of religions and stuff to do on it? And he just spun it and he's like, Buddhism. No, you know, I could. That seems like something that would have been cool for Bowie, but he was mostly just an atheist most of his life. Okay. He really didn't dabble in religions. He was into Buddhism early on, and that kind of like carried in in different places off and on. But I would say it was pretty much just Buddhism and atheism for him. That was okay. about it. Yeah, Nothing else a, for this guy. A nice, he, a didn't, nice, he didn't mess around. <laughs> a nice small meal. An appetizer. A small meal, yeah. An appetizer. Yeah. Right. He got into Buddhism. He, uh, he later claimed that he almost became a monk. This is why I put this there. Because, uh, you know, this is one of the things he almost did or kind of did or tried to do. Yeah. Was apparently he seriously considered being a monk. Probably later on when he said that, he was just making, like, I don't know. He was over-exaggerating it, I'm sure. Because that's kind of what he did was exaggerate things. Especially in sure. interviews. <laughs> in his formative years, he just made all kinds of crazy stuff up. It was just kind of fun. <laughs> and he just pretty much, whatever the person who was interviewing him wanted him to say, he would just kind of end up saying it and elaborating on it and going with it real strong for that interview. And then contradicting <laughs> it in a later interview. It's fun. fun. It's that, fun. That sounds fun. So he claimed he was about two weeks away from taking his vows and shaving his head and becoming a Buddhist monk. Sure he was. Sure probably, he was. Probably not. Yeah. Uh... Next up, one of our favorite, this is a, a golden oldie of, Bo, of Bowie versus Ooh. Dylan, is uh, 68's really when Bowie was 67, 68, but it's really when Bowie got into Mime. Yes! I was yeah, hoping it was for a mime some year. Mime. It was kind of late 67, mm. but really it, it flowered and blossomed <laughs> in 68, Jake. He stopped talking altogether in 1968. He was, he toured with a show called Poirot in Turquoise. Yeah which later became a TV special uh, that he was also in in 1970. Uh, he played a character named Cloud in this performance, in this uh, show, Cloud. and performed several songs. Uh, I think he was on top at the top of a ladder for multiple shows. I don't, sure. I, this is based on what I've seen, the parts of the TV special that I've managed to find. I have not seen the whole show, but parts that I've found. He, uh, he also managed to mime... Uh... Uh... Mimed a show of his own. I don't know how he actually like performed. I performed it like a couple times. Called Jetson and the Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> and most notably, he mimed as the opener for T Rex. Oh. Before they were known as T Rex, <laughs> back when they were known as Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's right. Uh, and uh, it just kind of seems like a screw you for Mark Bolin because those two had such a. They were I was going to say so the greatest of frenemies. Were they such con- a complicated Were they contentious at that point? They were just, they were, because they were friends from early, like okay. early. Okay. Before any of them were, either of them was anything. Yeah. Um, but then the whole time they knew each other, it was like this back and forth, kind of like, like helping each other and supporting each other and competitive with each other. And it was just, yeah. I mean, Bowie won the race, obviously, but Bolin was like. Well, he was hot. He was hot, and he was doing stuff. He was—they were becoming—they were definitely bigger in you know '68, and then they were really big, you know, like '70, 70, '71 right. before Bowie really broke in '72 as he started us. Yeah. So uh, it just—it does. It feels like Mark Bolin. I don't. I can just like a, like a little bit of a uh, hey, take that Bowie. You can open for us. Yeah. Uh, but do your mind stuff. Okay? <laughs> I was just imagining him like with his legs open with a bottle of tequila or something being like uh-huh. yes, Dave sure you can open for us but you're gonna have to mime <laughs> yeah well he did it and he's he like did. don't call me Dave I'm Dave 
What else? What else? Hey, what else? What else? What else? Bowie demoed a heck of a lot of songs, many of which were featured in last year's awesome box set, uh, Conversation Beast. Heard of that. We got about a full, uh, about two-thirds of desk. I I would say we got like 15 songs probably from uh, from 1968, none of which were released in 68. So that's cool. Okay. Uh, Bowie tried, he demoed, he, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? He auditioned to do his own cabaret set, Jake. Uh huh. And if you're not super clear on what a cabaret, you cabaret can tell me. Is, you can tell. It's us. a mixture of music, dance, mime, and drama. Ooh. And there was something like there was a cabaret circuit. Like there was uh, restaurants and bars and you know performing areas that would have this cabaret that you would like travel around doing the cabaret circuit. Sure. Similar to what like bands do, you know, traveling around performing, but cabaret. But only uh, cabaret. Yeah. No, no, no. It's kind of like a holdover, I think, from vaudeville and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like that free sure. TV entertainment, heavily, general, you know, like entertainment heavy, 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 heavily rouged, some cabaret, some like costumes and such like that. Yeah, well, Jake, yeah. let me tell you about a couple of exciting things he was going to include <laughs> in this cabaret show. I'm excited. It, to was, hear about it. Uh, it was about half Bowie original songs and half Beatle co- Beatles covers. Yes. So he was going to include on the Bowie solo act. He was going to include a uh, a glove puppet mm-hmm. of the laughing gnome. No, was he going to do the laughing yeah. gnome? With yeah. A puppet? Oh yeah. Oh, with a puppet, Jake. What? Tell oh, me man, I'd more. Give, I'd give my left thumb to see video of that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Only the left one. No, you wouldn't. I'm Maybe right-handed. If... I could go without my left. Thumb. Go pinky. Go pinky toe. Pinky toe. Well, I'm just saying I would go. I would go more than that. Oh, you go. You go as much yeah, as a left thumb. Don't say it. What about a go left? As high, as high up as left thumb. So better than left pinky. I mean, that's what separates us from the animals. And you're going to cut one right off to see. I could see David Bowie performing, <laughs> laughing gnome live with a glove puppet, which he no doubt would have been controlling himself and doing both of the characters at the same time, Jake. Well, I would sew on your left thumb onto my hand, so I had three thumbs to see that. <laughs> Okay, all right. Now we're talking. Uh, he also was going to include homemade cutouts of the Beatles for the performance of Yellow Submarine. Of course he was. Homemade cardboard cutouts <laughs> with drawings on them of the Beatles based on their likenesses from the uh, the movie Yellow Submarine. Which they wanted nothing to do with whatsoever. So oh, it was yeah. the cartoons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, Boy was really full of ideas back then. He really well, was. There were he, there was no shortage of ideas here. A lot of ideas. Uh, speaking of here, Jake, yeah. uh, we're kind of like halfway through the celery. This is going to be a short yeah. episode. It's a, tasty, it's a tasty it's snack. Tasty it's a tasty snack. It's, it's a, a snack. It's a, it's a brunch. Okay. I don't know. Now, br- nah, brunch is big for me. Brunch is big. Yeah. Let's okay. go like uh, aperitif. Aperitif. It's an aperitif. An aperitif. Obviously. <laughs> so, Jake, we've mentioned this before, but Bowie in 1968 wrote, I don't know if you wrote all of it, but he at least wrote most of a rock opera that was completely never released in any form, never even leaked. Nothing ever came out about this. Uh, this it day. had the, the dynamic title of oh, yeah. Ernie Johnson. Oh, yeah, we've heard about this. Ernie Johnson. Ernie Johnson. You know what? I'm just thinking, and I may—I don't think that I'm wrong about this. Magic Johnson, the basketball star, mm-hmm. his name, I believe his name was Ernie Magic Johnson. I believe his is name is really Ernie. Ernie. I'm going to look it up really quick. Why don't you look it up? Because I like to do that on the show. I wonder Kids if he was named, you know, by his parents after this 
Up, There's no other road. possible explanation. <laughs> Obviously. <That's> incredibly <laughs> obscure. Oh, Irvin. Right. Oh, it's Irvin. No, yeah, it's, it's not Irvin. Ernie. Oh, I feel like that's such a fool. Ernie for sure. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. It's Irvin. Or could still because right. he's, he's so lying. Um, I also Irvin. have a, I also have a, a short point to make here. Why don't we call... Also, also oh. Jake, he notably was born nine years before Ernie Johnson was conceived of. So oh, tells yeah. me this might not be the, the connection you're... So his parents didn't go back in time... Uh, after having seen the rock opera Ernie Johnson and misname their son Irvin, mm-hmm. and then no, like, they did do that. That sounds right. Oh, they—that's what they did. Yeah, that sounds. Is right. that on Wikipedia? That sounds right to me. Yeah, yeah, they went back in time to misname their son after an right. opera that by Bowie that they could not nothing. have seen. That has never. That was probably not finished and has never been performed. Has never been yeah. released. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we're here. Wow. So, Jake, <laughs> Ernie Johnson is uh, what we learn about. It, what we know about it is mainly that a recording of it at one point in the '90s uh, was put up for sale, put up for auction. What was it? Uh, a fake? Collector magazine apparently got a chance to listen to it or something and did a write up about it, and that's basically everything we know about it is basically from record that read that issue of Record Collector magazine. Okay. Um, apparently it tried to get sold again and like nobody bought it in the nineties for whatever reason, probably the reserve was too high or something like that. Sure. Um, they tried to sell again in the two thousands on eBay and it got pulled due to licensing something, something. So probably those found their way back to the David Bowie archive and will never see the light. Great. If they didn't show up on the conversation piece box set from last year, they ain't showing up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. So maybe uh, the hundredth anniversary of everything, you know, we'll just go for that. Anyway, Jake, the they wrote up a description of this, and it's absolutely bonkers. All right, just like nuts. And uh, to just show how nuts this is, I'm gonna I'm gonna try something fun here, Jake. Oh, ready for this? I'm not ready for fun. I don't have fun. Okay, well, you're about to. I've never uh, had so fun. Is this? It's, it's time to try something new. Okay. It's uh, it's popular. Fun is popular. Uh, I've taken this description, Jake, and I have uh, pulled out some of the words, and I'm going to have you fill them back in Mad Lib style. Okay. <laughs> and we're we'll compare your ending here with the uh-huh. actual description of the musical. Uh-huh. Or, or the uh, rock opera, because it sounds nuts. All right. Okay, are you ready for this? So you're doing Mad Lib style. I'm going to tell you what kind of word to put in there. Okay. Folks at home, if for some reason you're not right. remembering your childhood right now. And, um, and then we're going to read it after, after we're done here. So I'll be typing this in as we go, Jake, okay? Okay, all right. All right, first I need a noun. Uh, you need a noun. How about uh, pine tree? Okay. A famous fictional character. Uh, famous fictional character. Cleopatra. That is a real person. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You said fictional. Uh... uh There's many fictionalized versions of her. But yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm an idiot. Uh... No, fictional character. Uh, 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 uh. Superman. 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 Okay, plural noun. Plural noun. Uh, operas. Operas. Yeah. Uh, adjective. Stinky. <laughs> Finky? No, stinky. Like you. Stinky. You're stinky. Oh, yeah. Oh, like me. I was oh, looking wait. at you and I was like, boy, you stink. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Noun. Noun. Uh, wallflower. Wallflower. Uh, there's one headline. Uh, noun. Noun. Uh, wallet. 
Street name. Street name. Mm, Abbey Road. Mm, good one. Yeah, thanks. Noun. Noun. Mm, laundry basket. I'm looking around the room. I hope people can't tell. <laughs> I'm just looking All around right, the room. All right, well, last one here. One more noun. Okay. <laughs> okay, one more noun. Uh, <laughs> last now one. that I've given myself away, litter box. <laughs> also, I, you... You start with pine tree. There's no pine tree in that room, Jake. <laughs> I know. It came, the, 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 Operas? The, the process came to me about halfway through when I started. <laughs> when I, my brain right, just shut I, off. All right. And we're going you know, to see afterwards which one do you think is more crazy. Okay. I'm leaning towards the actual one at this point. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Ernie Johnson, an unreleased rock opera. An unreleased and probably unfinished opera. Rock opera by David Bowie. All right, let's hear it. Ernie's staging a pine tree party, at which Superman is one of the guests. Cue a song. Ernie remembers his passing operas from the previous year. He has a stinky conversation with a wallflower, sings to a song to himself in the wallet, rushes off to Abbey Road to buy a laundry basket yeah. for the big occasion of his litter box. <laughs> there, the song and stage directions come to an end. Oh. Good, just like real Mad Libs. Like you think they're going to be funnier. You always think they're going to be funnier than they are. That's that's the Mad Lib promise. All right, if you really want to advance some entertainment, let's read the real one. Let's do it. I'm ready. Ernie's staging a suicide party, (laughs) at which Tiny Tim is one of the guests to a song. Ernie remembers his passing loves from the previous year. He has a racist conversation with a tramp. (laughs) Sings a song to himself in the mirror. Rushes off to Carnaby Street to buy a tie for the big occasion of his suicide. Oh. And there the song and stage directions come to an end. Oh, wow. Wait, wait that was the plot? That, that was the plot, apparently. Yes. Again, it's unclear if it's actually finished. It doesn't seem like that's quite the finish to the rock opera. I, mean, I would think what, he would have at least I mean, come back and done happens? the party, you know? What happens? Yeah. Does he, does I, he go through? I, you know, is it all one we of know those? is whoever, which, whoever wrote this article, a record collector in like 1994... You know, is it one of those? Is it one of those things where you know he's at the end of it? It's like you don't know whether he's going to do the suicide or not, and he's just about to do it, and then it just goes dark. It just goes black. Oh, maybe. Oh no, we're left to wonder. This sounds like a better idea than David Bowie had in 1968. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be straight with you. (laughs) Real straight shooter, you you are. Real straight shooter. (laughs) So. that was this thing, which okay. I don't know. There's, there's. It's always been co- a little confusing as to why nothing is ever like this. Just yeah. like this whole thing has been buried. He wrote at least ten songs for this project. That's how many were on the table. But no one's ever heard any of them. Nothing except for this one dude from Record Collector. Yeah, uh, and that's about it. Um, Weird. So the, the main rumor is that there is this. I mentioned this song that he uh, has this racist conversation with the tramp. You're right. And, uh, like, made up some, like, racist words, mm. but they sound, and I don't even, I'm not even going to say the made up word, because it sounds yeah. too, it sounds too much like the N-word. It's uh, not the N-word, but it sounds similar enough to the N-word, no. that I'm going to choose not to use the word even on the show right I now. I understand. Um, and so apparently that features prominently, and it's, it's not Ernie's character, it's not a sympathetic character saying these things, it's this, like, I don't know, unlovable tramp or something. 
But there's been at least a rumor that that's the reason why okay. Mojo right. let it out was. Sure, you know, sure, sure, sure. But I don't know why he couldn't let out some of the other stuff unless it really was just full-blown crap. I don't know. He was writing a lot of good <laughs> melodies at this time. Like, I mean, his songs was great. He, there's some good songs he wrote in 1968. He's, he's let out a lot of full-blown crap in, in the past 50 Dude, years. Dude, stop him plenty of times later on. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, you know. Hey, so a couple... Let's see here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Bowie did a couple other crazy things. Ooh, you know, he tried to get crazy. into films. He, he auditioned for multiple films and TV shows. Uh, the only one he got a role in was a movie called The Virgin Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Bowie's first main, like, full theatrical release feature film that he was in. He is in it for, I'm going to liberally say, a second and a half. Oh, <laughs> so, so there's a, a scene in a bar where the characters that actually matter are like talking or something yeah. and he's like Bowie's drunken and they've like, kind of carried out across uh, he gets carried off like carried out behind behind them he's like I love he's, you guys he's, not, he's on screen for a lot like less than two seconds uh, nice but we'll, actually I'm, I'm gonna say that I got a little nugget there I'm gonna say that for a little bit later alright what else nugget. personal life let's talk a little personal life alright he met two very important ladies in 1968. Mick Ronson. The oh. first one... No, not... Oh, <laughs> man, I wish. Uh, first one is... Uh, we love her name, Miss Hermione Fotheringale. Oh, of course. Miss Hermione Fotheringale. Rosebud! Rosebud! <laughs> well, yeah. That Isn't is that his rosebud? Right there is Hermione. Yep. Yep. I knew uh, it. His first great love, his first... Like, the first time he was truly in love... They met uh, while Bowie had this really, like, kind of weaseled his way into being a background dancer in this TV play called The Pistol Shot. Uh-huh. Uh, it was supposed to only be professional dancers, which Hermione was, and Bowie was clearly not. But sure. uh, he he found his way back there anyway. He did him. whatever he had to do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he was, he, was, uh, he was paired with Angela, or not Angela, with Hermione to, uh, to dance in the back, and they uh, apparently hit it off, and... You know? Sparks flew. One thing led to another. They were like living together. Hey, hey, like, hey, oh. hey, you know how it goes. Hey. You know it goes. But Hermione would also notably uh, totally break his heart later on yeah. in early 1969 when she went off for an actual career rather than just following along, like helping him with all his music projects that were going nowhere. You know, <laughs> very shortly before Space Oddity became a giant hit. Making her the smartest woman of all time, probably. Well, it was a smart move, yes. Yeah. Also notably in 1968, he met Angela, who uh, would become later on his first wife. Yeah. Though they wouldn't get together until 1969 when they met again at the very first King Crimson concert. <laughs> what? The very first one? Yeah, they met again at the very first of all King, Crom- King Crimson concert. So, little little piece of uh, of uh, information for you there, Jake. Okay. You know uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. We're going through this. We're just coming along here. Bowie had a multimedia group originally called Turquoise and later changed his name to Feathers after the guitarist quit and was replaced mm-hmm. uh, with Hermione. Hermione's involved in this. Oh, what does she do? She sings, plays a little guitar. Sure, They're sure. all yeah, yeah, yeah. playing guitar. Gabbles. They're doing songs. There's some poetry. There's, oh, I don't know, some mime. Oh, maybe you've heard of it. Oh, maybe you've heard of mime. <laughs> I have heard of mime. Uh, like reading the description of this, I'm really not sure how it was different than the cabaret set. Like, yeah, it was different. Of this, I think I this was know. different. Like more folksy music, and cabaret was a little more 
cabaret wah, wah, music. Wah, wah, wah. Well, I could hope that there was some, you know, wah, some, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> some trumpets just wow wowing in the background. Some high kicking legs. <laughs> Some long lily white stems from one <laughs> Mr. David Bowie. <laughs> that he certainly had that. He yeah. certainly had long a lot of hooting and hollering and some wolf whistling. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, it originally featured uh, Hermione and a gentleman named Tony Hill, who is a you know footnote in Bowie's history. And later with our old pal John Hutch. Hutch. Yes. Oh, Hutch. We call him the old blinder, the old almost blinded David Bowyer. What? Wasn't it Hutch? No, that no, blinded no, no. Him? That's George. George Underwood. Is the oh, sorry. I thought it was Hutch. No, Hutch is uh, part of his Simon and Garfunkel style. <laughs> yeah, head. that's great. And uh, poor Hutch left like a couple weeks too early to not be involved in the recording of the Space Oddity oh, album. Hutch. And the whole, like, Space Oddity was a duet. It was originally a duet for Bowie and uh, and Hutch. And I'm gonna write this good name because he in 1968 the biggest thing Bowie did was write Space Oddity. It was written as a uh, as a duet for him and Hutch. Hutch, Hutch was ground control. No and way. Bowie was Major Tom. No way. What Hutch? Yeah. You dumb son of a gun. Hutch. Well, he like had to save his marriage by going back to the city his wife and kid lived in, which oh. was not London, where he was performing with Bowie. Oh, I see. <laughs> I think he also needed a real job too. You know. The poor chump. <laughs> <laughs> the, po- the unfortunate bastard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's about it okay. for, uh, for Bowie in 68. Our last thing is the year and hair. Woo! Hit us so with we got two year? parts to this. Bowie was mod for most of the year. You know, hmm. kind of like the bangs and a little bit of style inside. Mostly mod. But right at the very end of the year, if I'm actually, I forgot to look this up, so I can't remember if it was very late 68 or very early 69. I don't remember. Uh, it might have been early 69. I don't care. I'm going to assume it's 68 because I'm already talking. Uh, he uh, he had to get a military haircut for his tiny, tiny, tiny role in Virgin Soldiers. That's right, he did. <laughs> Darn right. He's. Uh, I think he actually got it cut for his audition because he like thought he had a good chance of getting a you know actual real part in this, but he didn't. It turns out. <laughs> And so it's just kind of funny to see him, like, go from mod, and then there's these pictures in the middle where he's, like, really straight-laced military haircut. Um, that's that's and then good. And then it goes in the giant, like, bubble perm of, you know, of the Space Oddity era. <laughs> the great. That looks kind of like, that looks the most Bob Dylan that his hair ever got. Was right then. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants Most Bob perm. Dylan his sound ever got, too, so there's mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, but they're, you know, they're both style. They're both solid, solid haircuts for Bowie, you know? It's real good. He, he works them. He makes them. Yep. He makes them work. So I'm going to give the, the pair of them uh, four. a four. A four? A four? Well, jeez, Jake. This is outrageous. Steve's heard that high for his hair. You, know. <laughs> you were shocked by whatever I read the hair. Ever I know. Ever. It's become kind of a theme. <laughs> I think it's because... I'm never writing down whatever my thoughts are going to be at the time. Uh, yeah, like you just, you're always shocked. You're just hair. winging it. I mean, you wanted to mime today, but I told you that doesn't work on a podcast. On a podcast. And you wouldn't believe all me. miming podcast. The all all miming. Work. All you hear is just like some shuffling and stuff. Uh-huh. You've mimed on this podcast before. Yeah, I'm miming right remember. now. It was it was uh, it was magnificent. <laughs> it was our highest rating. I'm, I, I assume I assume it was our highest rating. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, 
Jake, yeah. tell uh, us what nothing that Dylan wow. did in 68. You know, you told okay, me... Compared to the nothing that Bowie did in 68? You told me that oh, Bowie did nothing, me. but Dylan did, like, way less than that. He did, like, so much <laughs> That's less. True. This, Bowie, did a whole, Bowie did a whole bunch of stuff, just nothing came of any of it, except for that whole thing where he wrote Space Out. Yeah, but he, you know, he was trying. I mean, these these years are definitely the biggest difference between our two guys, you know, the late the late 60s, because Bowie had not made it at all yet. Oh, yeah. So and Dylan, Dylan was something, and Bowie was not. Dylan had a wave of international fame that he was already trying to sort of get away from and uh and so that's what 1968 was all about he uh it's it's described as a withdrawal from society and uh blissed rural domesticity mm. he went and he he went to his farm woodstock, new york that's right his farm in woodstock new york and uh, if you'll remember he had done that after the world tour in 1966 that almost killed him he almost took all uh -huh. the drugs and died uh, and the motorcycle he, crash. And the motorcycle crash. And then, after that, he recorded an album called John Wesley Harding, which he put mm -hmm. out in December of 1967. Mm -hmm. He did not tour for that album. Um, he did very little press surrounding it. It was a very kind of hermetic uh, album. Uh, anyway, really, really good. But in 1968, he did nothing. He did, like, oh. nothing. He sat around his house. He raised three young children with his wife at the time, hey. Sarah. Good work. Yeah. Good for you, Bob. Way to go. Now, the only problem with this is that uh, our friend, Jacob Dylan was not yet born, so we can't... That is a problem. We can't imagine the blue-eyed saint himself <laughs> toddling around the farm. We have to... Uh, no, the word wallflower did get dropped in the uh, Mad Liz. So. <laughs> I know, I had to. I just had to do yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it not came to me. good. I mean, Dylan did write a song that is not on an album called Wallflower. I don't know if that... Uh, figured into oh I know wallflower wallflower won't you dance oh, come with there's, me. The, there's the uh, the Jacob Dylan rosebud right there I'm sad and lonely too it's <laughs> a great one great one did you rhyme that with but now I have you wallflower wallflower won't you dance with me I'm falling in love with you oh okay hopefully he wasn't saying that to his infant son no he wrote that before I don't know maybe he I don't know, Chaz. This is <laughs> what is happening right now. I was okay. hoping this was about Jacob Dylan that we can stretch it. No, there's nothing about Jacob Dylan here. Um, there was okay. a son called Jesse Dylan who was Wait, in some pictures. He was born in '69, though, right? Yeah, Jacob, Jacob was. Yeah. Was he conceived in '68? God, <laughs> are you looking that up? <laughs> of course I am. Do not was put he, that I in the Google. What month he was born in? Uh, oh no, December. <laughs> no, no good. No good. He was really long. You know, in the womb. <laughs> a very long gestation. <laughs> Charlie just Googled Bob Dylan's sex, and it was terrible. No, he shouldn't have no. done that. Oh! I just looked and see what saw what month Jacob Dylan was born in. It was December <laughs> of 1969. That being more than nine months All right. after 1968. All right. It's We're, clear that we can't bring him in in any meaningful way whatsoever. We are rolling down the road. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can keep thinking of Jacob Dylan if you want, but that's... That's up I to will. you. All right. Uh, unfortunately, in the spring of 1968, Bob Dylan's father, Abe Zimmerman, died from a heart attack. Oh. And it turned out to be quite a uh, seminal, you know, experience in in Bob's life, as it often is uh, when your father passes when you're of yeah. a certain age. Um, yeah. Uh, but mostly because he had been very distant from his family at that time when he went off to be a rock star. 
I mean, when he when he left for for Minneapolis, left Minnesota, sweet sweet Minnesota. When he left for college, he pretty much like just he left for for good. He yeah. he some like had some sort of misplaced uh, I don't know blame or something on them for being so for his life being so boring, and so he wanted to go make his own life, and he didn't tell mm-hmm. anybody about his parents. Really, that was the period. You know, before he got famous, where he was telling everybody. Bobby claimed to be an orphan. Yeah, he was an orphan. He was a bum. He was a hobo. You know, his father was a black man. You know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, he had not really, he had not really like returned to his family yet to to make amends when this happened, and so he went back for the funeral. And I guess it was kind of a hard time for him. Uh, maybe it made him think about his own domestic bliss, and so he mm-hmm. went. He went back and mortality Let's and mortality. Mortality question uh-huh. there. And uh, there was some quote. I don't. And then I, they, the only thing that he could think to do to ease the pain was to uh, have another child. Right. <laughs> that was in 1969. And name that child. Well, it took a little while to ease the pain, Jake. You know, right to salve his wounds. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. to get over the shock, and then to have Jacob Dylan. <laughs> You know, he eased our country's pain, too. <laughs> oh, he was like, I got to do something about this Vietnam War. <laughs> I know. I know, I know what we, we can We have do. another kid. Sarah! Make him Jacob with a K. That did it. That did it all. Uh, <laughs> and look where we are now. <laughs> and, look, and look, everything's good now. It's fine. <laughs> I wonder what Jacob Dylan has to say about all this. Well, I would hope that he is, like, by this point, he's 50. Does he not have an adult child who is in a band that we can, you know? These are all great questions that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even think of. I didn't even personal think of life. This. Let's see here. What would he have to say that's personal? <laughs> they have four sons together, Jake, okay? What? Who? Jacob Dylan and his spouse? And his, and his, his, his uh, yeah, his wife, Paige. Paige. Paige yeah. Dylan. They okay. have four sons together. Uh huh. So, are you finding That's out? That's all we got. I That's don't know. it. Okay. All right. Well, no, no band. You know, um, uh, I no. There are ongoing rumors that his relationship with his father is strained. Oh no! But Jacob Dylan rebuffed these claims, claiming yeah. his father as affectionate towards him, and let him say the two have a great relationship. Well, excellent way to rebuff those outrageous <laughs> claims. How, how dare you, world? Sully such a relationship as theirs. Libelous monstrosities. Uh, If I was Jacob Dylan's son, which I am, and (laughs) I was going to start a band, which I will, I'd call it The One Headlights. Anyone? (laughs) Uh, Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Let's let's talk about Bob Dylan in 1968, shall we? Yeah. Hey. Uh, I mean, really, it just not a lot happened. But we're just we're just kind of rambling down the road here. If you have anything else to say, probably no more about Jacob Dylan. Maybe we can <laughs> go away from that. I don't think we've quite finished uh, mining that sweet vein. I think we have that rich, deep vein of pure gold. <laughs> I think we have. I think that <laughs> I think that mine is all dried up, sir. And the town above it has been abandoned. Uh, he did. Well, I'm the old prospector who's still convinced there's just a little more gold there. <laughs> and I'm down there by myself, and I'm going to find it gold. And you're, and you're, I'm sorry, it. You're dying of black lung. <laughs> well, you don't care. What a way to go. <laughs> what a way to go, Jake. Chaz is like, I'm sure there's more gold around these parts. I can feel it in my bones. Can it? Can it? Bart, quit talking like an 18th century prospector. 
All right. Uh, so we have a little controversy corner here. Hey, whoa, uh, hey, whoa. Bob Dylan did an interview in the magazine Sing Out, and he did that with his buddies, John Cohen and Happy Trom, who have played with him and, and been his friends throughout the years. I would be not talking about Happy Trom in any I think we have. I think I've mentioned him. It's not like a... Uh, I feel like I would have latched onto that name. It's, it's a, a great name. name. Real good uh, name. Happy Trom is a great multi-instrumentalist, and he played on yeah. some of Dylan's albums uh, hey, around this time. Here's to you, Happy so um, these were both, uh, John Cohen especially, was an anti-war activist. And as you'll, as you'll no doubt remember, since you were alive in 1968, the Vietnam War mm -hmm. was, was raging. The country mm -hmm. was in uproar. There were all kinds of riots and race riots yep. and, and anti-war demonstrations. Was, uh, I remember all of that like it was 52 years ago. And so people were mad at Bob Dylan because he retreated to the country and he didn't, he didn't say anything about the war or, mm -hmm. or anything. And the, the country was burning down around him. Or so, mm -hmm. or so it seemed, and so they it's said, his responsibility to save everyone. <clears throat> well, with, yeah, he's you know with he, like a few songs. He's a musician; they can do that. Mm -hmm. They can mm -hmm. stop a war. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So sure. um, John Cohen asked him, uh, "What's your attitude on the Vietnam War?" And um, Bob Dylan goes on to explain that um, he doesn't he doesn't think of he doesn't think anything of that, um, and that he said, "I know some very good artists who are for the war." Um, and and John Cohen asked, why can't you argue with him? And he said, uh, Bob said, I can see what goes into his paintings. And why should I argue with him? Anyway, how do you know I'm not, as you say, for the war? And, you know, so then everyone thought, oh, Bob <laughs> Dylan's for the war! <laughs> <laughs> there was lots of gasping. There was okay. gnashing of teeth. Breathe the heck out. <laughs> Monocles were, were popping out of people's faces. <laughs> they were, they were. Um, <laughs> and uh, he also told a, were fainting, fainting away. He also told a photographer later that year that um, he was he was going to vote for George Wallace, who was the the vicious anti civil rights guy who was running for president at the time. Mm. And so then like, everyone picked up their monocles, put them back on their face, and they popped right back on. Popped their right face. out again. So, I mean, the quick multiple choice question. Do you think when Bob said that, that A, he was serious, B, he was joking, uh, C, he was sick of everyone asking him questions, or D, everyone's a moron? E, he was Bob Dylan. He was Bob Dylan. That's the correct answer. Which means probably a, some weird combination of all of those things. You know, when I tried to make up my own multiple choice uh, answers on tests, it didn't, never went very well. But I like what you did right there. I like what you did. <laughs> That's the correct answer. E, because he's Bob Dylan. <laughs> if you had said any of those, you would have gotten it wrong. <laughs> exactly. And only he knows the right answer, and there's no way to comprehend it. <laughs> and he's not telling any of us. Uh, he had, uh, this was around the time, uh, you know, speaking of things we've already hashed over, um, people were, this was the year that people were coming to his house and doing outrageous things in his house and trying to, like, mm -hmm. find out about him and have sex in his bed and run around naked and do, you know, do all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. Um, so he was kind of perturbed by that. So he did a... Can't a, imagine one. He did, <laughs> I know. I know. Come on, Bob. Come on, Bob. You got such thin skin. Relax, okay? Just chill, hey, chill. Man. It's hippie time, baby. Just come on. Chillax, dude. Smoke some grass. It doesn't matter what they're <laughs> doing in your home next to your small children. It doesn't... What? Who, who cares about that these days? Free love, Bob. Come on, Bob. Of it. Free love on your private property. Bob. Bob, tell your wife it's fine. 
so he decided to have um, one of his favorite photographers, Elliot Landy, come on over to the old homestead and uh, mm-hmm. get, get some real choice photos for the Saturday Evening Post. Which <laughs> Nothing I don't, more counterculture than that. Absolutely. Am I right? Absolutely. Am I right? They replaced the Norman Rockwell with uh, images of Bob Dylan. Uh, uh, Bob, looks, Bob Dylan's domestic tranquility. Although there's some very like cool shots here, uh, Bob looks Bob looks so uncomfortable during these things. He looks pretty awkward in some of them. But there's but there's some good there's some good photos um, of that. So I don't know if that made everyone think like, oh, Bob's okay. We shouldn't go to his farm now and and have sex in his bed. I don't know what what that was supposedly supposed to accomplish. Like, it didn't stop me back in 1968. I'll be honest. <laughs> you left the Vietnam War and you went straight to Bob Dylan's house. <laughs> I went straight to Bob Dylan's house. I figured it's what he would want me to do. <laughs> Clearly, I had to find him. Uh, this was when Van Morrison was at you know kicking around his gate, like going, "Oh, oh, I wish he'd come and talk to me, Janet. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so lonely." Oh. Oh, tell me how to write a good song, Bob. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I tried and it didn't work. Uh, anyway, let's see here. What else? What else? What else? I feel like I'm a bad stand-up, like, with, without an audience. Yeah, I'm like, well. ah, what else? What else? What else? Ah, so what else is going on in 1968? He did go and do a concert with a whole bunch of other luminaries um, for the Woody Guthrie, a Woody Guthrie Memorial Concert in New York hey. City. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. came out later, I think in 1972 or three. I want to get the record. Um, there, there was a record of this. There was a, uh, there was an album that was released. I think it was just called. It was called the Woody Guthrie Memorial Concerts because it it combined this 1968 one with the 1971. Uh, but I listened to a couple of these online and they sound pretty. They sound pretty darn good. <laughs> Bob did. Uh, these are all Woody Guthrie songs. He did Dear Mrs. Roosevelt. He did I Ain't Got No Home. And he did the Grand Coulee Dam, which is about Washington State. Chaz. Boom. That's hey, where Jake, I live. Hey Jake. Yeah. Just wanted to ask. Did uh, Did Bob Dylan ever live in your home state? Was just just checking, just just checking on that, Jake. Was curious. Did David about that. Bowie ever live in yours? Any of them? Uh, no, no. He didn't live in any of either yours, either any either. Yeah, but Bob Dylan doesn't have a home. He lives in all the states. He just well, comes now, through once a year. I'm just saying. I just wanted to rub in your face that he, you know, of our two guys, they have did, only lived in one of the states that either any of us that they lived in. And did it's Bob? Myself. Did Bob Dylan ever become deeply ashamed of any of your home states and leave forever? Touche, Jake. Touche. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is he estranged hey, from any of your still, We still got Prince, okay? Yes, you All do. Right? You All do. Right. All right. That's true. And uh, your state does contain Seattle, so you got a whole mess of stuff going on there. Nice stuff there. Uh, nice Woody stuff. Guthrie also came, and he wrote a whole bunch of songs about the uh, about the dams in my state. So, <laughs> <laughs> A whole bunch or one? No, there were like nine or ten. It was a whole oh, thing. Okay, okay well, hey, yeah. well, when they were damming up the uh, when they were damming up the Columbia River, they had Woody Guthrie come out. This is a true story. I think it actually was in nineteen late sixties. They had him come out and write a whole bunch of songs because everyone was mad that they were kicking out the Native Americans and ruining all of the wildlife in this yeah. beautiful area. So they're like, "Hey, Woody, come on over. We'll pay you a couple bucks. Write some songs. Everyone will feel better about it." Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it works, but here we are. It's like fifty some right. years right. later. Sure. <clears throat> Let's see what else. What else? What else we got here? Hey, what else is what going else? on? What else is What's going 
That COVID-19 is pretty wild, isn't it? He released, uh, he did have one single come out from John Wesley Harding. Uh, because it, the album came out in December 67, so there's plenty of opportunity. He released yeah. a little song, maybe you've heard of it, called All nope. Along the Watchtower. Nope, <laughs> That's the Jimi Hendrix version. All along the watchtower. There must be some kind of way out of here. But you don't bone tamp on. Okay. Hey, let's do a. I'll talk a little bit more about that song because I actually get points this year. I didn't know that was going to happen. Which is kind of cool. But let's do do some year and fro. I think this is by far the shortest thing that I've ever done on this podcast. Well, and this is like shaping up to be our shortest podcast. I episode. thought about doing some wacky game or in something decades, like that, or maybe even the shortest ever. I don't and know even Chaz and I's we best efforts, our before. best efforts to ramble on about nothing and everything all at once is <laughs> there's just not uh-huh. that much stuff to talk about. So let's do a little year in fro. Uh, this is one of my favorite years in fro because it's <clears throat> it's very it's a little different. You know, Bowie had a lot of different hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Dylan's is just mm-hmm. varying degrees of dirty fro, pretty much. <laughs> For like year, decades. Pretty sometimes much. it was clean. Sometimes it was clean. Sometimes it was dyed. Sometimes it was uh, not a fro. Under a, under a giant hat. Uh, yeah, but uh, 1968's version is a very chill fro. It's like very laid back. <laughs> it's really cool. It's relaxed. Would you describe it as domestic? It was a domestic <laughs> it's fro. a very domestic fro for sure. It's a it's a rural fro. Uh, mm-hmm. It's relaxed. It's like a. It's got. It feels it feels nice at ho- and at home underneath a country hat of you know, yeah, various just sorts. Comfortable. Just comfortable. Uh, it's you know it's 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 the best fromily that we know of. The 1968 fro is a beautiful fromily. Fromily. Yeah. I'm not even it's, sure what the pun is there. It's a family fro because oh you know. <laughs> oh you know that yeah I, I mean I honestly I was trying to figure it out I couldn't get it Jake so that I was just gonna put it out there and sorry. see if it landed and you know what <laughs> times like these it doesn't matter. It's fine. It didn't land. Okay, it's all right. It's it all didn't right. land. All right, why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us some points for David Bowie in 1968. Well, Jake. How uh, fast can this go? Interesting anecdote here. Yes. He didn't release anything. Nothing. All right, cool. Actually, there is an interesting <laughs> anecdote, but he didn't release anything. He recorded a couple different potential singles, none of which were picked up by his record label yeah. in 1997. Uh, he ended up losing his record contract in 1968. Ooh, bummer. Uh, so he noticed we released absolutely nothing for the first time since 1963. And for the last time ever. What? The last time ever? The last time ever that there was no David oh, Bowie product released that's of it. any kind. Wow. I wonder if that's true for Dylan as well. I mean, at least, you know, in this, I'm including, like, reissues and stuff, but at least well, yeah. something come out every single year since then up until, you know, including 2020 already. Wow. Well, uh, I guess round of applause. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, this includes the uh, the vacation years. There's always something came out, some reissue or something in some way, shape, or form came out. Okay. So, big deal. Cool. Dude. I mean, big, big deal, deal, big deal by way of no, no deal at all. <laughs> Check. Yeah, so it's a notable, uh, it's a notable zero. <laughs> real, real, real sweet one. It's, it's a fashionable, it's the real fashionable it's zero. fashionable, because nothing, nothing enough. All right, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're throwing it back over to me, then. Yeah, yep, you're trying to say. Done. All right, all right, well, 
Bob Dylan did nothing. I mean, he played at the Woody Guthrie Memorial Concert, but there was no, you know, that's not something he would necessarily get points for anyway, um, even if it, it had come out. Because he figures prominently, but that's not like, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, that doesn't even matter. Uh, no concerts, no albums. I guess he wrote a couple songs at the end of the year, but I forgot what those were. I'm sure they were for uh, Nashville Skyline. <laughs> I'm sure they right. were fairly inconsequential as songs go. Uh, but he did release uh, All Along the Watchtower. And that ended up being... It's a kind Stone of, Cold classic. A Stone Cold classic. His version's great. It's the it's a very stripped-down acoustic version in kind of the, the, the acoustic drum and bass style that he had on that album. That year, Jimi Hendrix released his version, which was so same an year. absolute... Yeah, same year. Uh, a little yeah. bit later in the year. So that was an absolute barn-burning, you know, all-time American oh, yeah. classic. There must be some kind of way at it. And he set his guitar on fire and burned it. Uh, yep. So what I've got here, Chaz, yeah, and uh, last last episode, our fiftieth our fiftieth episode, we did uh, best cover songs of our yeah. our guys, and so I mentioned, yeah, that, um, you know, in the place of honor, there for sure is the Jimi Hendrix version, but it ended up being covered by a lot of different people. And I think on that podcast, the last one, I told you that the only like real, like been covered a lot classic song was "Blowing in the Wind." But I'm yeah. gonna amend that. I think I think all along the Watchtower actually like doesn't jump quite into that stratosphere, but it's been covered many times, and it's usually covered live, and people usually mm-hmm. use it as an excuse to like work out their like their jam. You know, they get their yeah. They get yeah, their jam like on. Grateful Dead or Fish or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Dave Matthews did a did a big again one. So yeah, what I've got here going and going. What I've got here is a list of every time it's been covered on you know on record. And so I'm just going to... Whoa, all right. I'm go. just going to say the ones that I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, one, the, the, the people that I've heard of. Okay, so yeah. Bob Dylan, I've heard of him. Yeah, me too. The Jimi Hendrix Experience. Nope, never heard of that. Heard of him. Hair. No, that's a, that's a musical. I don't a know musical, what that yeah. Is. Okay, but it's not that. Uh, Bobby, hey, Bobby uh, Womack. Uh, yeah. Cut you off really quick here, because I believe it was 1968 when Bowie uh, auditioned for the musical Hair. Oh, it might nice. Have been, it might have been 68. It, was, it might have been 69 or 70, but he auditioned for it unsuccessfully. Uh, Please this, continue. This has been another edition of Shared Hair, starring David Bowie. I mean, it wasn't David a, Bowie that notable of a thing to talk about <laughs> until we just talked about hair right now. So you know. We're really scraping the bottom of the barrel when we're like, <laughs> uh, here's this thing he tried to do but couldn't do. <laughs> Well, no that's one wanted. What 1968 was was him trying to do stuff and not doing it because no one wanted because no one wanted him to do it. Was it. The entire year. All right, 1973, Bobby Womack. He was a great soul singer. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? Uh, what else? Oh, Richie Havens in 1987. That must be bad. Bob Dylan and the Grateful Dead. Oh, fun. From January 18th, 1988. Uh, U2 did a version on Rattle and Hum. I'm pretty sure that ended mm. up on Rattle and Hum. Uh, Indigo Girls. Nice. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, who else? What else? The Buddy Miles Express, 1994. Grateful Dead, 96. Dave Matthews Band, 97. Yep. Uh, Dave Matthews Band, 99. Yep. (laughs) Again. Neil Young and Chrissy Hind of The Pretenders. That's an interesting combo. I would pay pay like 50 cents to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not your last one. Uh, Taj Mahal, love him. The Dream Syndicate, ooh. In 2004, though, they must have been. Paul Weller. Yeah. Uh, 
Brian Ferry, you know him. Sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Eddie Met- Vedder and the Million Dollar Bashers. <laughs> they did that on the I'm Not There soundtrack. That's a good version. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's so many. I'm only on 2010. Let's see here. <laughs> you could have uh, curated this ahead of time. I know, but I didn't want to, Chaz. The Jeff Healy Band. <laughs> this is way more fun for everyone. I know it. I just yeah. know it. I can feel it, it in my bones. It is. Okay. All right. I mean, beyond, you know, besides us making them... Oh, there's a whole other list too. for instrumental versions. I'm not going to bore you with that. No. <laughs> All right, that's besides it. this and us making them listen to the uh, unenjoyable part oh, of oh, the Mad Libs. Also, <laughs> we're well, really, that's, that's we're just... Really that's I just, mean, fortunately, we're all quarantined right now, and there yeah. is nothing much else for us to do here. There's not a lot going on. It's uh, a, Strange, strange time. I just like how the Mad Libs thing, like, was a perfect representation of what it's actually like to do a Mad Libs. Like, you get <laughs> you get pumped up, you're like, all right, think of some fun words. This just, is going to be so funny. This is going to be so funny. You're think like, of some yeah. fun words. And then the guys, the poor bastard, right. the poor guy's like, go. uh, wall? And you're like, oh, man, that's dumb. Then you put it down anyway. And then all of a sudden you're like, ow, oh, that was so anticlimactic. <laughs> Mad Libs is stupid. I mean, at least we had the actual funny one that was the real-life one to follow it up with. That's true. That's true. Um, I'd also like to... That's what you should... Okay, this is like my new rule for, for Mad Libs. I'm going to make a funny one on my own, knowing what's going to happen, to share afterwards. There you go. And you can be like, guys, I got one. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, wait. Hey, wait. What's funny is both of my older kids have gotten like into serious Mad Lib phases. They love them. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, We've done that at my house. It never works out, but that's okay. It's a popular uh, car thing, but yeah. then we have... We spend a lot of time explaining to the younger kids uh, what like a noun is and a verb, and, but also you know. but also spelling everything for them. <laughs> yeah, we, I, Daddy just writes them all down. Daddy, <laughs> Daddy just <laughs> rips it out of their hands. I don't have that that kind of uh, patience here. All right. Well, before we go, I just like to add to this list of covers. Uh, Jake Beck's, you know, very late night. Cool, smoky version of it that I used to do at the bleachers at college in years <laughs> 1999 through years never 2003. Caught that, never caught that show. <laughs> that Great show. Good show. Everyone sang along. A lot of wailing and such. Real good. A lot of people like uh, making the Jimi Hendrix guitar sounds. A lot of tasty licks. That is one of the. Being yelled out Seminal by some tasty tipsy, licks. Some tics, tipsy underage college students. Absolutely. And <laughs> some a little bit more than tipsy. Some just <laughs> lying there. <laughs> Who knows what's happening with them? Mm. <laughs> but I, not me, Chaz. Hey. I was playing that tasty <laughs> lick. Woo! Hey, well, we're going to finish this thing up here. An under an hour long show. Yeah. Woof. Just barely, though. That died, which is too bad. <laughs> hey, in complete honesty, good luck to everybody out there yeah, in quarantine land with Stay the coronavirus safe. and everything. Stay safe. Uh, listen to a whole bunch of music. Bowie released an EP called Is It Any Wonder of Late 90s on her tracks. It's solid. And Dylan released a 17 minute mm. long song about the JFK assassination. Yeah, and everything else in the world. And everything else. That's just that a springboard, happened. but it's 17 minutes long. It. It's almost not as even, long not as. Not even one minute. It's, most, it's almost as long as the entire David Bowie EP, which we thought was funny <laughs> here at Bowie vs. Dylan. Uh, I think I exaggerated. It's like 20, 29 minutes long, maybe. Oh, ah, come on. Still. Chaz. Still. 
You no. expect me to fact check that? So there, we can at least help you kill like 45 minutes of your... That's a good 45 of minutes. Your of time. your quarantine time. It's, it's time well spent. Both of them are worthwhile. Well, they very much you know, are. Word of the wise. Word of the wise. Yep. Word. Okay, what are we doing for next uh, next podcast? Hey, next year, I don't know about Dylan, but Bowie did stuff in our next tournament. Our oh, next yeah. year is Dylan. 1993, which yeah. is one of three years in which Bowie released two albums in the same year. Wow. And strangely, we have not done any of them yet. Yeah. So... I got I got my work cut out for me. We're well, 1993 double album year for Bowie. Dylan's got an album and a monster live album that came out there. So well, there's two albums there. We got stuff to talk it. about. Four albums. This one's gonna be four hours long, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna do this exact scenario where we talk about everything <laughs> and nothing. But for we stretched things. nothing out into almost an hour. We could stretch a whole stuff into. Easily half a day. Chaz, I just want you to know that you you brought the nothing this time. I appreciate that. <laughs> Proud of you, buddy. Proud of you. <laughs> hey, I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love me some Dylan. And we'll see you next time. Bye.